You know, when I first started the thought process of looking at the Babylon 5 series, one of my favorite shows, well, let's not mince words, it actually is my favorite show of all time. Um, I knew that I had an option. I could look at it and say, oh, I'll discuss, you know, the episodes kind of in a vacuum and, uh, you know, leave it at that. Or I could try to actually really discuss the episodes, the themes, the ideas, the, there's no nicer way to put this, controversial topics that each one brings up. As I've said before, I have a long-standing policy against controversial topics uh, in real life and in, uh, in my show. And with good reason, I feel like pointing out. I have been proven right about that policy many, many, many times, including today. Uh, just a few hours ago, when I was setting up and preparing for, I guess like an hour ago at this point, when I was preparing for this very episode, uh, let's just say a discussion broke out which proved that this policy exists for a reason. But I made the commitment when I decided to look at Babylon 5 to go ahead and talk about this stuff. See, so here's the thing. I have maybe five or six bullet points about the episode itself, because the episode is all about the controversial topic. And that topic is religion, or, to be slightly more accurate, it is about beliefs. I want to say that right at the beginning. This episode is about varying beliefs, not religion. Now, I know you're looking at me like, well, what's the difference, Arsh? A religion is an organization that all adheres to the same general tenets. A belief system is what you personally believe to be true. Religiously, personally, morally, ethically, whatever, right? I mention this because we see very clearly that Dr. Franklin also has a very strong belief system. There is no religion attached to it. It does not need to be. Uh, he very strongly believes in what he very strongly believes in, right? So that's what this episode really discusses. So... All I'm going to ask of my viewers, and because this is just flinging Pandora's box open here, is that you be civil with each other. That's all I ask. You want to make fun of me and mock me? Sure, fine, go for it. But I'm just going to give one quote here, uh, and that is something from my own personal belief system. You ready for this? Religions are not the problem. Beliefs are not the problem. Spirituality is not the problem. Radicals, extremists, hate peddlers are the problem, okay? I think most of us, at the very least, can agree with that. Now, the episode proper. So, uh, one of the things I like about this episode is it's probably one of the most unique takes on the A-plot, B-plot format I've seen. I've actually talked about this many, many, many times in my Voyager videos and even in my Bab 5 videos. In this episode, the uh, the primary plot, the A-plot, or I should say the ship plot, the A-plot, is all about Ivanova going off and, and you know getting some time out in a fighter and taking out some raiders. Now, the funny thing is, Upon looking at that, you might be confused. You might be confused, looking at like, why does it keep going away from the the obvious primary plot, the B plot of the belief dilemma, and focusing on this random battle with this situation? Well, there's actually two reasons for it, and they're both brilliant, really. Because it does seem completely vestigial compared to everything else, right? Well, 
The first point is the obvious one. It's a nice break. The rest of the episode... Okay, I, I knew someone once who uh, was a really good teacher, and one of the techniques he used was whenever he had to talk about something very serious, very uncomfortable, something that had to be discussed, but, you know, the kind of thing people don't really want to talk about, whenever he was teaching a subject like that, he would make it a point... To, to intersperse little breaks in the discussion. You know, he'd go over and uh, pet his dog, you know, who was just sitting there by the desk, you know, scritch, 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 you know, and just, just call attention away from the topic matter for a little bit to help people have those little breathing points, to, to help them relax, to help them not just become overwhelmed with the topic. So that's the obvious thing being done here. Rather than completely overwhelm the viewer with the obvious hard-hitting message of this episode, Every now and again we go and get a break, and Ivanova's off and fighting raiders, which is something a lot simpler and a lot less, um, controversial. The other reason doesn't actually happen until the very end. We see at the very end uh, a boy rush out of the, uh, the ship that Ivanova's actions saved, and he rushes up and embraces his parents. And the parallels become immediately apparent there, and Garibaldi actually says it flat out. Sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. And that's really the point there. The entire point of this episode is that neither side is wrong or right. That that's just life sometimes. Sometimes things work out, and sometimes things don't. And that really is the theme of this entire episode in a nutshell. I will say it is very refreshing to see a group uh, of, you know, a made-up belief system or religion or whatever portrayed in this manner, because they are not portrayed as, as psychopaths or, or hate peddlers or whatever. I know some people are going to disagree with me on this, and that's fine. That's how that works. Um, but speaking as someone who's been watching Star Trek since the 80s, uh, Star Trek usually portrays these kind of people as much, 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 much worse than this. Uh, that's usually a little bit of soapboxing on behalf of the writers over there, but it's still true. It's still a thing that happens. In fact, I would argue one of the only religions that's ever discussed in all of Star Trek with any modicum of civility is, and respect is actually the Bajorans, which is funny because their religion is following provable, you know, res I mean, the, 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 the uh, wormhole aliens exist. They're right there. They do stuff. So it's not quite the same. Uh, you could argue some stuff for the Klingons as well, but we won't get into that. <clears throat> Point being, if this was a Star Trek episode, the parents would be portrayed as backward, screaming, zealous idiots who constantly screech about how terrible these things are and clearly do not care about their child. They are clearly in the wrong, and there's clearly no compassion in them, and they are just wrong. And that's because that's how Star Trek usually approaches that kind of a thing. Babylon 5 didn't do that. But I don't want to get into that topic just yet. Um, what else we got here? Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I only have a couple notes about the episode proper. Um, there's a great exchange between Franklin and Sinclair. Franklin accuses Sinclair, you don't care if that boy dies. Sinclair's response immediately, and this is brilliant, that's not the issue. If it was, we wouldn't be having this conversation. BAM! Right on the right on the nail. Right there. Perfect. Because that is absolutely true. It's not about that boy's life. Everyone involved wanted that boy to live. Everyone. The parents, Franklin, Sinclair, random passerbys, even the, the ambassadors who were involved wanted that boy to live. That wasn't the issue. If it was, there wouldn't be an issue. 
I love that line because it so adequately summarizes all of the problems of this situation. There's another line, which I'll get to in a moment, uh, about that. Anyways, um, I also find it uh, unfortunate, if incredibly accurate, how politics are so integrally married with uh, religious beliefs, as shown in this episode. The idea that uh, they literally cannot get political aid from basically anyone because of the fact that the situation is so messed up. Sinclair cannot rule in Franklin's favor because of the political situation, because of the precedent that must be set. He even has a great analogy for it. The camel stuck its nose into the tent with, with Kosh, but if he goes further with it, if he allows it to escalate, then things get much, much worse. And that's just kind of how that works. And that's true. In fact, it's actually surprisingly intelligent of Sinclair to realize that. Most problems in life across all of history could be ascribed to escalation about rather than just saying okay we did this this one time but we're not going to keep it going letting it ride and it getting worse and worse and worse and more severe and more severe and more severe it's how extremism comes to be things get more and more and more acceptable and the line of what is acceptable shifts over time until it's way the hell over here this is just natural that's how life goes so i like that moderate approach he has and even moderation can be taken to an extreme. Um, I also really love the fact that the parents go to the different ambassadors. Not only does it give them lines in the episode, which I'm always in favor of, and that's really why it happened, but more importantly, if I may be so bold, it shows how much these parents care about the situation, about how desperate they are, and how about, how about how much they want to save their son's life. It shows their level of conviction that they're willing to go to people way above their station, way above their pay grade, people who, by all intents and purposes, they shouldn't even have access to. These are two nobodies. As Jakar himself puts out, I didn't know your planet existed until two days ago. That's how irrelevant these people are to the galactic political infrastructure. And yet they still feel the capacity and urge and desire to push their way all the way up. They even go to Kosh. Do you know how few people would be willing to go to Kosh over something like this? Let's see, we've got Sinclair and possibly Delenn, and I think that's it. <laughs> because nobody approaches the Vorlons, and yet they were willing to. I love that because it shows how much they do care. They do care about their child. They do care about his fate. Um, I do find it fascinating because the Mimbari refuse to take sides because of the Mimbari's beliefs. The Mimbari look at the situation and say, one of you is right and one of you is wrong because you're in direct opposition to each other, right? And therefore, our belief system is we can't take sides because we can't make that choice. We can't decide who is correct and who is not. I love that as well because the parents' reaction is just, oh, but, but we're the ones who are right. Now, I, I, <laughs> I say that, but it is worth noting that throughout the episode, in several points, the parents do show that they at least have an understanding and a little bit of tolerance of Franklin and his beliefs. Probably my favorite two examples of that are towards the end of the episode. One, where the two of them are standing there waiting for him, and she is speaking, as per the cultural customs of this race, for her husband. And she says, we cannot forgive you, but we want to. Be an, an understanding of the compassion he was moved by. And, of course her comforting Franklin because it's okay their son was already dead this was just a shell and we wanted to end the shell's pain it's okay now 
that actually shows a little more depth to the parents than, again, than most other shows, including Star Trek, would bother to do. Uh, but anyways, um, I do think it's interesting that Franklin actually dodges a question that's asked point blank about his beliefs, about whether or not he thinks about God or anything like that. I mention that because that'll actually come up later in the series. I'm not going to spoil anything. There's no spoiler section for today's episode. Um, but I think it's interesting that, that, that he just completely bypasses that question. I mention that because it really showcases what Franklin's beliefs are. His beliefs are on healing and helping. In his own words, he took an oath. And I find it fascinating and indeed indicative of his character that Franklin was willing to nuke his entirety of his life, his, his job, his career, get a huge black mark against his profession. He might even lose his medical license to save this one kid's life because that's what he believes. You see why this is an issue? He is just as committed and conviction in his conviction of his beliefs as the parents were. They were willing to go to the ambassadors. He was willing to destroy his career. Both of them were willing to toe the line for what they felt was right. And that's the problem. That is exactly the problem with this kind of situation. When two belief systems stare at each other, and are so in disagreement with each other, but both are so absolutely convicted, convic convinced that they are the right. That's where we start to have issues. That's why this dilemma exists. I already mentioned this. I already said it flat out. Sinclair said it word for word. It's not about the boy's life. Everyone wants the boy to live. It's about the different beliefs involved. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. It's all the notes I have for the episode proper. Like I said, the main point of this episode is discussing the theme. You know, religion. But again, as I already said, it's not about religion. It's about beliefs. It's so easy to mock someone else's beliefs externally. It is. Don't deny it. Don't. Don't. Okay? I guarantee you that at least a huge portion of my audience has looked at someone else's belief system and said, Well, that's ridiculous. And that is your right. As long as you do not do that to their face, as long as you're not rude or disrespectful, as long as you do not put them down or try to affect or influence them, then yeah, that is totally your right. It's not so easy to think about that about with regards to things that we believe in, whatever it is we believe in. Because it varies wildly from person to person. This is why I try to use the term belief specifically instead of religion. I'm going to go and admit something that you guys, that, that I almost never talk about, because I don't talk about myself on this show. Um, I'm not going to tell you what my beliefs are. Don't worry. What I'm going to tell you is one thing I believe, and that's that the concept of religion is a little bit silly to me. Religion, not beliefs. Because in my mind, beliefs should be specific to the individual. That just makes sense in my head. That you believe something, and you believe something, and you believe something. And there, there's probably similarities there, you know. There, there's probably uh, parallels and allegories, and you can get along and talk and discuss with each other, or have some kind of fellowship, or organization, or otherwise camaraderie over it. But the idea of having a religion, which has laws, and, and, and written rules, and like, this is what we all believe, and we all agree to this, that does not make sense to me. Does not even compute in my head. So that's one of the reasons I want to make it very, very clear 
that we're talking about differing beliefs in this, not different religions. Can we all can we all just make that that distinction clear? Oh yeah, I wanted to set something up. Let's see if I can find something. I don't even know because I haven't looked yet as of recording this, but I'm going to try and find like a thing to to indicate we're in the controversial box. So we'll see if that shows up around your screen right about now. Um, so it's easy to mock someone else's beliefs externally, but the moment you look at something that you believe, that you care about, that's something, it is just so intrinsic to your life, it becomes much harder to see it in such a mocking light. Uh, I have actually come up with a parallel that I've used in the past in debates and in some arguments with regards to differing belief systems, and it fits this episode to a T. Zombies. Go ahead, make fun, it's okay. I'm with it. What if we just rewrite the situation a little bit. Let's say the son is inflicted with the zombie virus and the doctor is saying, well, don't worry, I can ensure he doesn't die. He'll just keep going on as a zombie. And the parents are naturally horrified at that thought. No, no, we don't want you to do that. We don't want him to have to endure and suffer as a zombie. If he's going to die, we don't want him to. And make that point clear, because the parents make it very clear throughout this episode. They do not want their son to die. The son himself says he does not want to die. He says that multiple times. And yet, even the son himself does not want to lose his spirit. So, parallel, he does not want to become a zombie. Franklin, who believes in life, says, no, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm willing to sacrifice. You know, again, his hard line against their hard line. He does it. Son is now a zombie. Now I know, he's not a zombie, but the point is, it's not that hard to understand if you put yourself in the shoes of the other person. Because for all intents and purposes, what has happened by their perspective is their son is now soulless. Now we've seen throughout the course of fiction how individuals tend to react when their souls are removed. We've seen this as an extremely common thing throughout many different works. Uh, Warcraft is an excellent example. If I could just pull that one right off the top of my head, because I've been prepping for the WoW lore run for like a month solid now. You know, in Warcraft, you lose your soul. It's a bad situation. You aren't even you without your soul. You are basically someone else with access to the same memories. In every way that matters, it's a different person walking around in your body with your memories. Well, your soul is off there, detached, unable to affect it. Soul gets reattached. Well, guess what? You remember all the horrible things the other you did because the memories are untouched. But you are now aware of all that. You see how the lack of soul could be a really horrifying thought is my point. If we allow such a perspective, if we assume for the sake of debate, because remember, this is a fictional setting here, Babylon 5, if we assume souls exist, it is not hard to, to understand the perspective of these parents being so horrified that their son now lacks a soul by their perspective. Whether he does or not, we lack the capacity to decide. We do not have enough information to determine that, and we never will. That's not the point. The point is not what the truth is. That is the true difficulty of differing belief systems. The truth doesn't actually matter to such situations because we lack the ability to know what the truth is. That's life. That's reality. We don't know the truth about anything. Everything we know is based off of observation and assumption and thousand years or thousands, excuse me, of years of iteration on observation and assumption. We don't know anything. So truth doesn't enter into this debate at all. The only thing that can be defined as truth 
is what we think is truth based on our observation, based on our perspective, based on our thoughts and experiences and memories and whatever it is that makes up us. Hence, beliefs. What we believe to be true is what is true for us. And I say all this to argue the side of the parents because I don't need to argue the side of Franklin. I imagine 90% of my audience is like, well, the parents are dumb and Franklin's right. And that is, as I said, your right to decide that. But I feel the need to defend the parents in this situation because I don't think they're acting unfairly in this. Before you ask, no, I don't agree with them. Oh my God, no. Unless they're right. What if they are right? We don't know that. We have no understanding or capacity to determine the truth of that. It is portrayed, this entire episode is portrayed in a very interestingly neutral fashion, because at first glance, if you're not really thinking about it, you look at the episode and Franklin is clearly in the right. And yet, the more you really analyze the episode, the more it becomes very clear that the entire point of the episode is neither side is right and neither side is wrong. There's a very powerful scene. We get, this is brilliant writing, we get little tidbits on the culture of this race. I don't even know what they're called, it doesn't matter. And one of the things we get from that culture is the father is supposed to be the stoic one. He doesn't show his emotions, he doesn't speak of certain things. It is the mother, the woman, who is supposed to speak for him and be the mouthpiece for the family. We see that several times through action and through the way they discuss. The mother is holding the son in one scene and openly weeping, just sobbing over him and the father is sitting there stoically as is his as is his place as is what they are supposed to do by their culture and yet he breaks down and he starts to cry as he looks at his son that moment in my opinion says everything it needs to about their perspective in the parents minds they are in a kobayashi maru our son dies or he dies and his body keeps going. This is true in a real life case as well. Brain death. What we define as death in real life is actually very loosely defined on purpose because it's possible to come back from a number of things by real life modern technology and medicine. We can do that now. And yet there is a huge debate, and I'm not even bringing religion or beliefs into this, just from a purely medical and, and, and biological side of things, there's a huge debate on at what point someone isn't coming back. At what point you, you're just keeping the body alive with technology. At what point you should, to put it bluntly, pull the plug. There's an entire process. I don't know if this is true in other countries, but here in the States, there's an entire process you can go through and a legal document you can sign saying, please keep me going or please pull the plug. Do not resuscitate is what that's referred to. But bringing beliefs back into it. You remember I mentioned that zombie thing? One of the interesting things I, f I feel about this is the debate between Sinclair and Franklin really showcases it better than anything else. And I love it because Sinclair clearly agrees with Franklin. Sinclair's beliefs line up with Franklin's. And yet Sinclair is willing to argue the other side which is pretty much Babylon 5 in a nutshell. I may disagree with you, but that doesn't mean I'm not willing to stand up for your ability, your right, to disagree with me. There's a couple lines I jotted down here, and I quote, There are more important things in life than the next breath. 
That's an interesting quote because I firmly and 100% agree with that quote. Out of context. Well, eh, even in context a bit. I mean, that could be taken to an extreme. But what I mean by that is something I've talked about for close to, like, several months over in Voyager. It was a recurring theme over and over and over throughout most of Season 4 over in Voyager. Life versus survival. We haven't even hit, as of now, the Voyager episode, which will be the the climax of that debate, life versus survival. And what life is can't be defined in that circumstance. It can only be defined by the individual. And remember, the boy himself did not want to lose his spirit, his soul, did not want to become a zombie. For him, the surgery might save him, but it would only be survival from that point on. He would not be alive. And I quote, life has to be more than just a pulse beat. And that's really the point, the other point to be made here as well. Let's, I've used the zombie parallel. Let's use something a little less fantastical. Let's say you have a severe medical condition. Let's say that you are in a situation where your existence, your survival, might be spared at great cost. And doing so will hinder you and hamper you for the rest of your life. You will be in a terrible state for the remainder of your breathing days, but your heart will keep beating, your lungs will keep pumping air. You will survive at the cost of all that you care about in life. Now, there is no correct answer when faced with that question. Some people would say absolutely yes. I want to keep trying. Maybe I can make something new for myself. Some people would say, absolutely not. I am not willing to let go of my life just to keep breathing. There are more important things in my life than my next breath. And again, this all boils back to that same theme of belief. I don't have anything else to add here, I'm afraid. Uh, as usual, I ask you guys to be civil when discussing this in the comments or on the forum, if you prefer. Um, this episode hit me pretty hard, so forgive me. I'm just going to sign off here. See you around, guys.